really old paint, lead paint chips where one source animals would often ingest them, and so that's a potential source of lead exposure. Um, some older hunting and hunting ammunition and fishing bait and gear contained lead, so there was the possibility of lead exposure through those routes as well. Um, obviously, the, the route of lead contaminated drinking water has been a, a, um, a sort of a new source of, of lead exposure for us recently. So has MSU been seeing cases of lead poisoning from animals in Flint or or elsewhere for that matter? We have not seen direct cases. There have been a couple that have gone through our diagnostic laboratory um, that have had high levels. And I think there have been one or two others that the media captured as well that were not submitted through our laboratory. And so I think that the extent of the problem in in pet dogs and and cats is is really unknown at this time. In your day-to-day operations, do you see that very often? Not at all. It would be extremely rare condition for that to occur. What are the symptoms if an animal has been exposed to any level of lead? They can be pretty vague and nonspecific. And and most of what we know about in dogs and cats are related to really heavy acute exposures. Um, The the situation in in, in Flint is obviously different in that we're likely looking at more chronic long-term exposures. And so the science could potentially be a little bit different, but we usually think of three different um, systems being affected. And so one is the gastrointestinal system. And so uh, vomiting or throwing up, loose stools, diarrhea, weight loss, decreased appetite, all of those are are potential signs of of lead exposure. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other diseases that can have those exact same signs as well. Um, So the the gastrointestinal tract is one system we worry about. Um, Also, animals can have neurologic signs or brain signs, um, and these can also be somewhat vague and nonspecific. And so uh, seizures have been reported, behavioral changes, aggression, crying out or vocalization, and sometimes just depression. Um, And so those are some of the the neurologic signs. And then the other uh, organ system that we really think about being affected is the uh, the hematologic system or the blood cells. And and we know that lead toxicity can... um, inhibit the way blood cells are normally formed and produced. And so we can see an anemia or a decreased red blood cell count. And we can also see a variety of changes to the red blood cells themselves. And so when you look at them, they can sometimes have very abnormal characteristics and shape changes that can also be suggestive of lead toxicity as well. Is there a specific treatment for an an animal that's been exposed to lead? The number one treatment is to remove all sources of exposure. That's the number one treatment. And for an animal that potentially just has very low circulating lead levels and no clinical signs, that's probably all the treatment that is necessary. Um, But if an animal is actually showing clinical signs in conjunction with with testing to confirm uh, lead toxicity, um, then there are treatments available, and those are, are somewhat similar to what have been described for humans in a variety of drugs that can chelate or bind the lead and help aid in its excretion from the body. I would assume that for people that live in Flint or even people that are visiting Flint with their pets, that they should not expose their pets to drinking water in Flint until authorities say that it is safe for humans as well. Absolutely correct. And so we're recommending that pet owners really follow the same recommendations that they're following for themselves in terms of drinking bottled water or filtered water, very similar. And obviously dogs have drinking habits that could potentially put them at higher risk. So avoid, you know, outdoor water spigots, toilet water, those, those types of water sources, obviously.